get it one piece at a time And it wouldn't cost me a dime You'll know it's me when I come through your town I'm gonna ride around in style I'm gonna drive everybody wild Cause I'll have the only one there is around Well, it's a 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59 automobile it's a 60, 61, Hey, welcome to another episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies. Located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 or visit their website www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 63. This week I catch up with Brad Klimkowski. He's a, uh, a high school teacher in Tinley Park in Illinois in the United States and uh, I talk about this a little bit in the intro, but yeah, I, I got put on basically to Brad by just seeing some comments on a on a post about a truck on Facebook and that it was built by some high school students, and it piqued my interest, and I went on a bit of a mission to find the teacher, and uh, and I finally did, and Brad Brad was great to chat to. Uh, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. You know, it's it's good to see the future of our hot riding and you know the passion of what we're doing uh, is, you know, I think it's it's bright. You know, these, guys, these young kids are learning how to do this stuff in high school and I, I think there should be more of it. Uh, I don't know if there's a whole lot in Australia that's similar and I sort of wish there was when I was at school. So it was great to talk to Brad and I uh, hope you really enjoy this episode. I wanted to um, reach out to everyone that's listening and I suppose I, I want to ask for your help. And I want to ask you for your help in a pretty simple way, really. So many guys are building trucks and are interested in and and what we're doing here with the podcast. It's something that they would really enjoy, but so many of them don't even know what a podcast is, and and it's a real it's a real struggle for me to try and you know I, I do it one on one. I meet a guy, I have a chat to him, I tell him about the podcast, and how you know sometimes I have to even download the app on his phone and show him how to do it and. And we're slowly building up the numbers, and it's so good to see. Like the, the downloads are really consistent. Um, been at it for nearly two years now, and you've got a great following. But I know there's just so many more guys out there who would enjoy the episodes. And so uh, I've got a real request for you: if you can, you know, maybe post on your on your own Facebook page, you know, just to just to promote that there's a podcast about old trucks for those that are interested. Um, you know, maybe they can contact you, and you can help them work out how to listen to it. Or if you just want to do it word of mouth, when the next time you're at a Cars and Coffee talking to some friends and, you know, hey, do you guys know what the podcast is? And, and maybe just help them out, you know. They can listen, obviously, you know, via Spotify and uh, all the different apps on your phone, Stitcher. There's an Apple podcast app. Uh, you can listen directly from our website, which I need to update a bit, but most of the episodes are on there, and that's just classicpickuppodcast.com.au. So that's the big thing for me, you know, that, that would be a huge support if you can help just spread the word to a few more people so they can start listening to it. And if every listener told one person, then, you know, obviously we 
double the amount of people listening to the podcast, which would be great. And that just makes it a bit easier for me. You know, firstly, for motivation, there's lots of people listening and enjoying it. But secondly, uh, it helps with, you know, the possibility of getting some future sponsorship for the podcast and, and help to pay for help with the expenses because, um, you know, it's, it's not free to host a podcast. It does cost a little bit of money. And uh, I'm super grateful for our Patreon supporters who, you know, still showing a bit of support each month. And, you know, whether it's $5 a month or every now and then it's a one-off payment, um, you know, you guys who are supporting me on Patreon, I thank you so much. It really, it really does help. I, I think we're pretty much breaking even on the cost of uh, hosting the uh, podcast and the cost of the software that I use. So that's fantastic. And, you know, if you are listening and you're not aware, Patreon is uh, its almost like a, a subscription basis where you can agree to a monthly payment and it can be just $5, whatever you want to contribute to the podcast if you're enjoying it enough. And uh, basically, you just enter in some card details and it just gets debited every month like it would for your phone bill or, you know, a Netflix or any of those sort of things. So um, that'd be great. If you're interested in that, it's www.patreon.com forward slash classic pickup podcast. And if you're not comfortable with putting your details on a platform like that, I get quite a few guys who just contact me and they want to make a donation and I can just help them out with um, some direct deposit information. Anyway, I'm not really screaming out for your money. What I really want is just your support and help me get more people listening to the podcast because, you know, I, I do all this to, to try and, and share the love and a bit of education. And uh, I love when I find a new podcast I didn't know about and I'm sure your friends will too. So thanks, guys. Thanks for sharing. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being a part of this journey with me. And uh, I really hope you do enjoy this interview with Brad. Um, I thought it was great. And I uh, look forward to catching up with you guys again soon. Thank you. Brad, thanks, mate, for joining me on the podcast. It's been a, a bit of a mission to get you on. And um, as usual with our international visitors, I'm up at 6.30 in the morning and it's probably afternoon for you. But thanks for joining us, mate. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. I'm normally cracking a cold beer when I do these podcast interviews, but I've got a nice um, warm coffee sitting here, so I'm good to go. That works too. <laughs> so um, a little background for our listeners. Uh, I was on one of the Facebook Chevy pages and a guy posted up a really cool looking GMC, um, you know, beautiful original patina, really nice stance. And uh, and I was reading through the comments stream, stream and I think someone must have asked him whether he built it. And uh, he basically said, no, it was built by... Um, a bunch of students in a shop class and and that really piqued my interest and so I messaged him and you know we backward and forward and he put me in touch with you and uh, so you're the teacher of the shop class. I am uh, for the last 12 years uh, I've been a well I'm an auto mechanics teacher um, but uh, I've taught other things that fall under the technology umbrella um, but uh, auto mechanics is where my heart lies so mm. that was yeah. one of our class projects. Yeah, it's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. So, so we'll we'll dig right into that soon. But I, I think what we should do is is rewind. So let's go back to mm -hmm. when you know when you were a bit of a young young buck. You know, what what were your early influences, and you know what what set you down that automotive mechanical venue? You know, was that a car guy, or did you, you know, I mean, for for me, I I imagine you living there, like you're twenty minutes away from Juliet Prison, where. Jake and Elwood rocked up in the cop car, you know, like Blues Brothers was the movie I watched yeah. when I was a kid and, and it has influenced a lot of stuff, you know, 
tell me a bit about you know growing up in Illinois and what your early memories are. Well, cars have been part of my life since I could drive. Uh, my dad, uh, my dad never really had a mechanical uh, prowess, I guess, for cars, but uh, he was interested in them a little bit. Um, my parents gave me a 1987 Buick Skylark when I was 16. Uh, I had more rust on it than I had paint. Um, it leaked more oil than uh, <laughs> I, I was able to change every every 3,000 miles. So um, that that's kind of where I cut my teeth on cars. Um, and then uh, from there on, I, I've, I, I bought a Camaro as soon as I had enough money. Um, I ended up going to uh, aircraft maintenance school post high school and uh, worked in a related field for a little bit, decided it wasn't really for me, went back to school again to become a, an auto mechanics teacher. That's the rest is history. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. I, I think if you, uh, like most of us listening, probably your first car is a bit of a shitbox. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're forced to keep the thing running because you can't afford to pay someone else. And, and it's kind of a blessing in disguise because you end up learning how to do things on your car. And it amazes me still when I talk to people and, you know, oh, yeah, I just changed the wheel bearings or I just did this. Or just, oh, my God, how, how can you do that? It's like, mechanics are not geniuses they're just following a specific order of how to do something and you know not disrespecting mechanics by any means but you know it's it's not rocket science it's just knowledge and then putting it into practice isn't it yeah we're stubborn enough to keep at it until we figure it out i think you know yeah bust busted knuckles and grease and oil right yeah right. that's cool so is is the skylark is that i know it's a buick and i I don't know enough about this stuff, but I've been really entertained recently by donks. Is that a sort of okay. a donk vehicle? You know what? It's, it's actually that body style that I owned was post donk style. Right. Um, it was like a little four cylinder economy shitbox type of car. Um, there was nothing cool about it. <laughs> the bottom line is, is, is I kind of had to fix it because I didn't want to pay someone else to. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and uh, for the record, I don't think there's anything cool about donks either. They're um... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me neither. It's, it, it's funny here in Australia, uh, the word donk is is kind of like a slang reference to an engine. Oh, okay. So if I, you know, if some guy had a car pulled up, I'd say, "Oh, what donks in that?" And he'd say, "Oh, it's got a 350 Chevy or something." You know, so. Um, but yeah, for for our Aussie listeners, a donk. I mean, they're uh, what are they like a '70s Chevelle or something? What sort of cars are they? I think any large, yeah, large body style Chevy Caprice type thing, you know. So yeah, and they've got like all... 24 or 26 inch rims on them, these massive hoops, and they they look yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean. Good on them. They're, they're, they've got their passion. They're doing their thing, and they probably exactly. think that they probably think a slam truck looks ridiculous. It, absolutely, yeah. as as do a lot of people on this podcast that listen to it. I think you know we, there's such a divide between you know a truck should have a certain stance, and you know for some people a truck you know is meant to be a truck and it carries stuff and it's a four wheel drive, and then other people want to be able to drive it over a speed hump and can't understand a lowered truck. And yeah, I, I love the diversity of of all the cultures and you know, that's what makes it really fun. So, so as part, so what, what age group are you teaching shop class to? Like, is this teenage kids or is it uh, post high school? What, what's the age group you work with? Uh, high school of uh, ages, 14 to 18, uh, largely. Um, and I get them all. 
uh, even the ones who, who haven't even really sat behind the wheel of a car yet, which makes teaching them about cars kind of interesting um, because there's so much kinesthetic things that are involved with cars that uh, we kind of take for granted after driving for a while. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, even up to my more advanced classes, which are seniors, and those are the guys that I get fabricating things and, you know, um, problem solving, basically. You know, we're problem solvers. That's pretty much it. Yeah, because I, I imagine trying to explain how to maybe how to fix something or to install something, say a suspension component. If you've not actually driven a car and steered a car, then your understanding of what that component does can't be as good as someone who's you know obviously had it or felt the death wobble on the road or whatever it is you know you you're trying to fix something that you probably don't have an understanding of and that could be a challenge i imagine with the modern kids coming through who you know maybe they just they catch an uber on the weekend or you know they just don't even drive it's it's an interesting concept oh yeah even like like a, a spongy brake pedal they're like well what do you mean like how does a brake pedal supposed to feel you know it's uh so there's a lot of concepts that you have to try to convey too, without letting them get behind the wheel, unfortunately. Yeah, and is but, is the school a, a technical college or, or something like that, or is is most schools in America would still be teaching this stuff? Uh, you know what? It, we have both. We have vocational schools or technical schools, if you will. Um, mm. The the schools I'm working at are public high schools, and I'm an elective, so that students choose to take my class. Yeah, um, which is kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting some guy in there that doesn't want to be there. That's just dicking around and right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's a long time since I've been at school, but I even when I was in what we what I would have called high school, which is the age group you're talking about, um, mm -hmm. we had a woodworking class and a metalworking class. Which I think the first year maybe you would have had to have done them, and then they would have been an elective after that. But I, I never had. Uh, an automotive mechanical option in my school at all. And, I, and I'm not sure that there would be many, um, maybe some of the tech schools that we have here might do that. But you, you guys in America, I think you're really blessed with that that option to go on. Like, because then you can actually go on to, you know, effectively do a university degree on, on car design. And, and you've got these big tech schools all around the States that do that stuff. And because we're such a, I guess we have such a smaller population here in Australia, we don't have as many of those options. Yeah, you know what? I didn't either. Uh, when I was in high school, my options were art and typing. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Uh, I, I learned what I knew know now uh, pretty much from uh, my garage. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's cool. And, yeah. and do you guys, do you do like a petrol and then a diesel element or is it just general mechanics and it's kind of up to you to, to set what you're teaching them that, that's a nice part about what i do is that uh, i have a lot of freedom um, mm -hmm. there's really no set curriculum except for what i develop so if we want to spend 18 weeks learning about diesel volkswagens that's what we're doing <laughs> you know um, which is kind of nice i like it a lot of freedom autonomy it's the closest thing to being self-employed without actually being self-employed yeah so. you've got jo job security right yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you say uh, Volkswagen diesels. I've got a Mark One Golf in my other shed that uh, I'm halfway through doing the um, sort of redressing a reconditioned one point five liter diesel engine for. So oh, there cool. You go there. Yeah, yeah. I, I I said that kind of uh, it was kind of I, I love Volkswagen, so I drive a diesel Volkswagen every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And and tell me a little bit because I I have an interest in uh, EVs. So, which is you know for someone who's in old trucks, everyone goes, uh, you know, it's horrible. It's not not the future. And I I don't, I don't know the answer to what the future is. No one does. That's why it's the future. But I I think for the young generation coming up, I feel like the idea of EV swapping something like an old classic pickup um, is something that might just keep them interested in in our um, sport or in our hobby, however you might want to call it. And and I know that you know every year SEMA comes around, there's another twenty different EV swap classics, and everyone sc- screams to the rooftops that they've ruined them and all that sort of stuff. But what I, what I'd be interested to hear is from you. You've got the students coming through who are the age group that are that are our future. What what are they sort of saying to you? Are they, I just want to build a blown small block Chevy, or are they saying, you know, like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool to have a look at doing a Tesla swap or something? Like, what's the conversation on that? You know, there are. It's, I, I it's still definitely heavier weighted towards internal combustion engines, definitely. But there are um, groups of students who who are really interested in the electric world. Um, and as a matter of fact. Um, I, because I wanted to teach them about electric vehicles, and I didn't really have a cost-effective way of doing that, um, like buying a Tesla myself, um, I ended up finding a go-kart kit um, where it has all the basic components of an electric vehicle, um, and the students put it together themselves. They terminate the cables. They figure out how everything works, um, and it, it gives them a, an intro to, to electric vehicles um, without actually having to drop the coin on a, on a real one. Um, but, um, yeah, I'd say it's definitely probably in the minority still, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, I suppose the reason a lot of these kids have chosen your class as an elective is because they've probably grown up in the garage with dad drag racing or, you know, doing something else automotive. So it, it's a stretch. And I mean, I'm not trying to say that I think every kid should get into EVs because I don't think EVs are the answer. I mean, you're not going to tow tow truckloads of equipment around the country delivering with an EV. It's never going to work. And and I think personally they've fucked the whole battery system up from the start. But <laughs> anyway, that's enough EV stuff. So so tell me um, about vehicles that you do in the shop. I mean, every year do you do you have a project vehicle that the class works on and that comes out the door at the end of the year, or is that ambitious and it takes longer than that? What, what's the sort of structure? I, you know, I wish I could get one out every year. Um, it, it all depends on what our, uh, our game plan is. Um, like the, the one you found on the internet spanned over two, two school years because uh, we, we stopped over uh, school over the summer break. Um, so I picked it up like spring. Um, I, I shelved it over the summer and then we picked it back up again. And collectively, we probably spent about eight to ten months working on it um i've gotten them done as as quick as eight months in a school year like we did a 67 f-250 where we put a cummins diesel in it out of a uh, 93 three-quarter ton dodge um, we got that one done in eight months um, but i have one i have a ford at school right now that uh i've had it for like three and a half years <laughs> so <laughs> it's you know it, it's it all depends mm. and and does the school give you like X amount of budget for that vehicle build? And then the idea is that you would sell a vehicle at the end for the budget for the next vehicle. Is that kind of how you roll? I, I tried to do that. Unfortunately, it's all funded by me. 
Um, really? So, wow. yeah. So what I do is I, I, I would build one, I drive around for a little bit, I'll sell it, and I'll take that money and I'll go and source another one, whatever it may be, whatever I'm interested in at that time. So um, the, the problem we ran into at school is that uh, they didn't know how to determine ownership of it and liability. So that's why I couldn't get the school to fund it. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's a big step as a teacher for you just to say, hey, I'm going to do this out of my own pocket because I'm passionate for these kids. So, I mean, I guess the real advantage to that is that, that you totally have control of what vehicles you, you're buying, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. great. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd rather have it the other way, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, yeah, because they'd be like, oh, here's this Citroen that we found. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. So, yeah. so tell me the story about finding this GMC, and then, then maybe we'll talk about that for a bit, and we can go and, and talk about the, um, the F100, because we have a lot of Ford fans as well. But sure. um, so from what I say, it's like a 54, 55 GMC, maybe it's a three-quarter ton. You know, how did you find that? Um, tell us a bit about that story. Uh, well, do you guys have Craigslist in Australia? Uh, like a cat classified I, ad? Type we know we know what it is, and okay. there's a possibility that we do, but we have other things that are similar. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I found it on Craigslist. Um, it was living in a town called Dixon, Illinois, which is a small farm town, like, uh, I don't know, 90 minutes outside of Chicago. Um, and the guy who I bought it from had owned it since the mid-90s, never did anything with it. It was kind of sinking into the weeds, um, put up for sale for like, I don't know, 1800 bucks, something like that. Uh, I think I got it for like $1,200. Um, and there wasn't much. I didn't really have any plan on using anything from it aside from the body. So it, it fit the bill. So I dragged it out of the weeds and brought it home. Um, and then the truck itself is sitting on a 91 S10 frame, extended cab long body. Um, I don't know if you guys call them S10s, but it's like the mid-size pickup Chevrolet. Yep. Um, and then uh, my, my MO from main objective with that project was I wanted a car that the kids could pretty much put together themselves. Uh, just like, here's the parts, you go do it. Um, so I bought a, a chassis swap kit from Easy Chassis Swaps, um, and it gave you all the body mounts, all the running board mounts, radiator mounts, things along those lines. They're still out there if you guys want to go check them out. Pretty cool stuff. And then um, I got a, uh, what is it, a LS-style motor out of a 2000 Silverado. Uh, so we used the motor and trans out of that. Uh, I think I'm yeah. missing something here. But... Oh, that's cool. And, and so... Yeah. Do the students have any input into what's going to happen to the vehicle or, or you kind of go, here's, here's these five pieces, guys, we're going to put all this together and I'm going to teach you how to do it? That, that was, the first one, I, I kind of guided more. Um, yeah. Now I kind of listen to them. You know? I say, hey, what do you guys want to do with this? I, or I'll like find an old truck and be like, here's our, here's our victim. What should we do to it? Yeah. Um, but the first one, yeah, I just I had a game plan. I provided all the parts. I said, here you go. <laughs> this is how you do some of the, the tougher stuff. And uh, mm. they did a good job. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, so here in Australia, we, we never really got the S10s. Um, we, you know, we have like uh, what you would call your Mitsubishi Mighty Max kind of things, or we had a Toyota, we call it a Hilux, but you call it a Tacoma. Sure. A whole bunch of the, the smaller um, pickups is what was pretty standard for us here. Um, mm. But yeah, Ford, Ford and Toyota kind of ruled ruled the 
the Australian landscape and then, you know, Datsuns and Mazdas and, you know, those sort of things as well. But, yeah, the Chevy, we we got the Chevy Love early in the piece for some reason. And okay. um, and then we got, you know, this advanced design, you know, all the, all the early truck body styles, but we tended to get them in the truck size, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the bigger front guards and the dual rear wheels and, you know, and, and that's, so this, this one in the background, my truck is a 1950 and that came off a farm in country New South Wales. So it would have been used to just take wheat and hay around, you know, to the market and stuff like that. So predominantly with our Aussie right-hand drive trucks, they are they are mainly the bigger front fender, um, no rear tub. They just had a flat tray. So most of the guys here in Australia, when they're going to build something like this, they, they normally would source a smaller front end off a US pickup. Um, we did we did get the smaller pickups here in Australia, uh, but they're in a much limited number, and they're um, they're you know kind of like hen's teeth to find, and if you do find one, you're very happy. So, yeah, okay. there's a whole range. That's cool, and you know, like I've just I just stripped down a uh, '53 Suburban last week. Um, two of us spent a whole week basically taking it from a barn find rusting. Uh, barn find rolling vehicle to a totally stripped chassis off to the sandblasters and you know that i think it was about 30 hours of physical work with two of us going hard at it so uh is that you know like the the students are getting in there they're cutting every rivet out that you don't need and taking everything off and and they're they're there with the wire wheels and they're grinding it like they're getting down and dirty oh yeah absolutely um i'd be happy to share the photo album with you i have uh the students working on it and everything like that if you haven't seen it already yeah. um but yeah they're they did everything I, I honestly i really didn't get involved all that much except uh to show them how to do particular things and some of the stuff i had never done before like uh we had to replace one of the it's the panel that goes in between the door and the fender on the front yeah um yeah. if there's a leaded seam at the top so we had to remove that because it was all rotten and put a new one in uh, so I learned how to to lead things <laughs> in my spare time, which was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I, I'm putting uh, the extra windows into this cab to make it a five window cab, cool. which here in Australia we never got, so we okay. never had a five window option. And yeah, right on that that kind of roll bead line above the door line there, um, as it meets the bodies, kind of where that all welds into, and and where it kind of meets the b pillar at the door there it's it's all leaded because that's where you've got a few joins and yeah and it, to get all that out to then weld it all in and then the question is yeah same thing do i do i re-lead it and try which i probably will um i'm really lucky next door to me is a smash repairs and um ken who's the uh the main man there he's been in the business for 30 or 40 years so he's done all that stuff before and he's he loves coming over here and sort of saying oh, i can show you how to do that i'll show you how to do that which is yeah it's it's a cool option so and so for something like that, you know, do you do you sometimes bring an outside expert into the class to help to educate the students? You know, I, I haven't gone to that level yet. I, and I think that's just because I have like a renaissance man type of uh, determination with myself where I'm like, I'd like to mess it up a few times and then I'll call on someone <laughs> to get it straight, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But uh, but I, I know I have not honestly yeah so. yeah and and so the the s10 swap so obviously you've just left it with all the stock running 
like suspension and um, you swap the drivetrain out, but the rear axle and leaves and everything, that's all original S10 or did you guys do some upgrades with all that stuff as well? We did. Um, we put uh, uh, drop spindles on the front with lowering springs. Um, the geometry, like the control arms, all that stuff is, is, is factory. Um, the rear axle was an 8.8 .8 out of a Ford Explorer, which is like a mid-sized uh, sport utility vehicle. Um, you guys might have something comparable over there. Yeah, we get the Explorers. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um, and, you know, they put a nice, uh, strong axle in there. Um, and the spring perches are roughly the same distance apart. Um, the axle's a little wider, but uh, everything worked. So um, i trying to think what else we changed. I think that's it. Um, what I also wanted to do is I wanted a, a, a toy car that if I had to, I could go into just about any parts store and buy replacement parts for. So there's nothing that's really one off on it um, that would break at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like those great memes you see where, you know, you go into the, the auto zone or the parts store or whatever it is. And, you know, and you, you've pulled up in one vehicle, but you're asking for parts for a Ford Explorer or something. And they're just looking at you like you're crazy because, um, yeah. was it the, is it the Johnny Cash song where he builds the car with like one know, piece at a time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just recently went down um, a deep dive on the Ford Explorer 8.8s because uh, this Chevy Suburban we're doing uh, it's going to be four Lincoln airbag, and you know to to buy a Ford nine inch here in Australia that's you know been built properly, you know you're rolling out the door at four or five thousand dollars generally, so it's a it's a chunk of change. And we're trying to do a bit of an affordable daily driver build. So I'd heard so much on the on the Ford side of things with guys putting these 8.8s in their F100s. And I thought, oh, you know, so I did some measurements and the widths were about right to fit into a truck that size, you know, exactly what you've done. And so I was speaking to my mate, uh, Matt Dietrich, down at Geelong Differentials. He, he's been on the podcast with his F100. And, uh, you know, I was saying, you know, can I use this? Will it work? And... And he sort of, the main thing he said to me was, you know, do you want to have a Chevy Volt pattern or do you, will you just keep it Ford? And and we wanted to put a Chevy pattern on it. So it was a, you know, a Chevy and, and he kind of steered me in a different direction in the end, um, just because that would be, they're a bit of an unusual spline size and a bit harder uh, for us to get parts anyway. I don't know how easy. Did you switch your stud patterns or you drill them out or what'd you do over there? Yeah, because I had, that's an, I, I forgot about that point, but because I had a Chevy pattern up front and a Ford in the back, I kind of decided that I want to make them both the same. So I ended up changing them over to Dodge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I wanted to use the 20 inch spare off a Dodge Ram full size truck. So um, I got, I, I changed it over to a, a five by five, I believe is what it is. It's been, it's been almost a decade since I put that truck together, but uh I think it was five on five. So, yeah, yeah. and I took those 20 inch steel wheels really nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's <laughs> totally not what I was expecting that you would have done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I ended up using uh, what we call a VN Commodore rear diff, but you guys got Commodores over there. I think they were a Pontiac um, two door. You got you got our Monaros at one stage. Um, don't know what they were called over there. Anyway, I've seen them, but uh, okay, I have to look yeah. it up. Yeah, just a cool sort of. They, I mean, they're a GM vehicle. Um, okay. So yeah, so yeah, and I mean, they they have a 
a five by one twenty PCD, which is kind of what you're talking about, the five inch, I think. And yeah. and the Chev patterns, the it's a five by one twenty point six. So it's so close that if you set it up properly and redrill the holes to a half inch to like the correct size for the studs, you you actually you only take out you widen it sort of one side of the hole and you get that extra size and you can actually turn it into a Chev stud pattern without re-drilling um, new holes into the axle at all. So it's a, it's a really good way to do it. But, uh, Interesting. Tangent. Um, cool. So, <laughs> yeah, good stuff, yeah. Uh, and, so, and so with the engine you pulled out of a, what did you say, a Chevy Silverado, was that, um, you know, running, driving truck, you just ripped it out or was it a bit of a junkyard dog and the kids had to go through and do some compression tests? Like how far do you dive into... How do you check out an engine and make sure it's all good? Uh, you know, I do that, um, but for this project, it did not. Um, I found uh, a running, and he actually, honestly, it was totally blind faith. I, um, I found a guy on the internet who was like parting out his truck because he wrecked it. Um, he said it worked. I bought it, and it did. So um, <laughs> <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't take a single thing apart on it, honestly. Um, you know, we changed the oil, made sure it had nothing obviously wrong with it and uh slapped it in there and um i have a really long commute to work too i drive uh 110 miles round trip uh you guys could probably wow. multiply that by 1.7 um, yeah. and uh i used to drive this thing to and from work all the time so mm. yeah but, i mean it, <clears throat> there's a there's always this big um group of guys who think you should keep stuff original and that you're you know, why would you hack it up and put it on an S10 chassis, for instance, you know, like, but, you know, I, I always had the argument that, I mean, there's, there is room for those original restorations, but they just don't get driven very much because there's a reason we don't still build them like that. They're horrible to drive, you know, well, they're not horrible, but they're not, they don't sit at 110 on the freeway, you know, so yeah, by, by doing these, what, you know, what everyone calls a resto mod, um, you know, you, you do, you get a daily driver, you can get in there and turn the key. And, and that's what I think everyone ideally would like. We love how cool they look, um, but we also want to be able to maybe smoke some tires and, you know, and fly down the highway. So yeah. oh, that's really cool. And no, then, completely. I'm sorry. And then you kept, <clears throat> you've kept it all original patina, which I love, um, you know, I'm a big proponent of that. Do you, yeah. do you do any paint? stuff like if you had a if you had the right vehicle as a bit of a shitbox and do you do a bit of a, a shop class on painting i have zero experience with painting and i have zero patience for it <laughs> so um I, I really don't go there um in, in aircraft school i did a little bit um it was all on aluminum uh, yeah. so it doesn't really transfer all that well um but uh no i just I, I like the way it looks it's simple you don't have to spend a lot of money doing it so that's the way i left it yeah that's awesome and and so with the with the kids you know like do you keep in touch say say the kids that were involved in that build 10 years ago do you see them around town and and there's one of them he's driving a chevy pickup because he loved it so much that he ended up you know you've you've kind of broadened his horizons and maybe he's gone and done his own build down the track like do you have much contact with students after they're finished i do um especially the ones that follow through with uh, training after high school. Um, one of them, for example, works for Rivian now in California. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So um, 
and there are other ones that have do, done other things, uh, diesel mechanics, things along those lines. But um, the ones who are really into it, we still we still connect periodically, which is fun. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm not a teacher in any way, but I, I can imagine that that's that's the real thing that keeps you keeps you drive and keeps you going is knowing that you actually are genuinely making a difference in someone's future because that's what your job is, right? Oh, absolutely. It, it makes it all worth it. It totally yeah. does. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Cool. And so, yeah, so you finished the truck. Um, <laughs> now there in Illinois, you know, is, is what are the rules? Like you've, you've taken a, a junked old S10, you've taken a junked out old GMC, you've pulled some stuff out of an old Chevy, you've grabbed some Dodge stuff and whacked it on there, and you've done all this in a workshop at the high school. Do you just rock on down the DMV and they, they give you a ticket and you drive you drive away, or do you have to do any smog? Do you have to do – is there any such thing as roadworthy or engineering? What's the situation for you guys over there? In the state of Illinois um... – they will do smog tests for gasoline engines only, um, 96 and newer. Everything else is pretty much <laughs> a crash. You. you can do whatever you want. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had it titled as a, as a 54 GMC because that's what the body was and that's the title I had for it. Um, if if the, the police ran the plates and it came back as a 91 S10, then I'd probably get pulled over all the time. Um, but since the plates were 90... 1954 GMC, it worked out just fine. Um, it, it actually pretty simple. Yeah, mm. there wasn't much to it. So um, I know some of some of the other states have a little more uh, stringent requirements than we do, but uh, works out pretty simple here. So yeah, well, in your next class, you can explain to everyone how lucky they are. They don't live in Australia. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I heard that uh, you guys got it tough over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I. I'm a big proponent for engineering vehicles correctly because I think that there's a safety factor involved in that. And, you know, there's so many Australians who, who get on eBay or on Craigslist or Facebook marketplace and, and they'll find a cool looking truck over there in the States and they'll just pay someone to ship it out here and they get it here. And it's, it's just had the most horrendous, you know, hack job done to it. They've got a Nova front clip that's got bird shit welding on it. And I mean, (laughs) Some of the stuff that comes out's amazing, don't get me wrong, but some of the stuff that comes out is really scary. And to think that that's hurling down the highway at 80 miles an hour in the opposite direction to you is um, it's a little, little bit of a worry. I completely understand. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of an ethical um, responsibility to keep things safe. And as a teacher, I should... I should try to convey that the best I can. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah, we we've gone full blown nanny state, you know, like yeah, it's um the the list of things you cannot do is is longer than the anything you've ever seen. So it's um <laughs> but it makes it a I, I think it makes it interesting, you know, like I with the build of this truck, everything I'm doing, I basically have to pass it by my engineer and say, This is what I want to do. I you know, I I think this will work and he'll come back to me and go, oh, no, if you do it that way, you're going to get stress points in the chassis here. So we have to do it slightly different. And and so for me, it's been quite educational because I'm learning why I can and can't do things um, as well as, you know, like if it's just like, no, I can't do that. You've got to do this. It would be a little bit frustrating. But for me, it's a bit of a journey and I'm really enjoying it. Um, so this is Cummins Swap. That's got a, um, a P-Pump 6BT in it. Okay. And, uh, 
Yeah, so I, I actually came over to the States two years ago. Um, right now, two years ago, I was uh, traveling around Arizona and um, Colorado sort of area. And yeah, I, I bought a 98 uh, Dodge Ram that was driving and uh, yeah, ripped all that out of it. So really fun trip. Went down to, have you heard of Dino's Get Down down there in Arizona? No, I'm not familiar with it. No. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's originally, it was a Chevy only um, kind of truck show and it's it's got to the point now where they have over 2,000 trucks there and uh, massive uh, weekend, really, really cool thing. So, yeah, yeah that's that's down in um, kind of around Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona area. So, All right, yeah, check yeah. that out. Yeah, cool. they just, they literally just had it last weekend, I think, Dino's, um, Dino's Get Down, it's called. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it kind of it runs in conjunction with the the Good Guys Weekend down in Scottsdale, and uh, yeah, I mean obviously just the week after SEMA too. So there's always a heap of people in that area, um, okay. so it works really well for him. So, so what what other builds? You know, run us through the vehicles that you've done there in your shop class over the years. Was was this the first one? This was the very first one. Yeah, um, and I've only been a teacher there for a couple of years now, um, and uh, I was like. I like fixing cars, but man, it gets old after a while. Just, you know, brakes and whatnot, day in and day out. And I, and I can see the kids feel it too. And uh, I thought this is the best way to, to spice things up a little bit. Um, but we had, um, since then, uh, we put together a 67 F250, uh, like I said, with a Cummins diesel in it. Um, it was a VE motor though. Um, and actually we took the, the motor transmission and rear axle out of that one and put it in the 67 f250 um, um, we had a dodge m37 which is kind of like a power wagon except yep. the military version um, that one i kept somewhat original um, and uh <laughs> i don't think i'm ever going to do that ever again it was so i could barely uh, break 45 miles an hour in that thing um, uh, right now we're working on a 1950 f2 um, that we have on an Explorer frame. Uh, we lengthened it about 18 inches too. So it's going to be like open wheel, uh, real long. Uh, we chopped it five inches too. So uh, my first time doing that. So it's not turning out exactly perfect, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, and that, so the F2, it's still a like a half ton pickup size, but it's just a slightly bigger bodied similar to what the um the 150 was in the gmc right uh yeah actually they're comparable in size it just had bigger uh, fender openings on it to to allow for the big wheels uh like yeah. farm use type stuff um so honestly you wouldn't know it any different from an f1 with the fenders are gone so yeah yeah that's cool yeah, yeah I've, I've got a i've got a 48 f1 um sitting at the shipping docks in melbourne that I brought over. Okay. So it's um, very frustratingly been tied up in a bit of um, paperwork um, shenanigans down there, and it's taken a lot longer to get out than I was hoping. But uh, yeah, I'm waiting on that to come here. And yeah, I, I love, you know, like it's, you know, they're not too dissimilar to this body style. It's, it's that era of those cool curves, which obviously is something that you seem to be a fan of as well, you know. And, and yeah. I think that, um, you know, whoever the designers were in that, I guess that was the Art Deco era as well. You know, they, they just, it just works for me. I don't know why I'm stuck in that. I, even the square body stuff, you know, like I look at a square body ship and go, oh, it's really cool, but I wouldn't buy one. Like it's, for me, I want this older curvy kind of 
sexy. I don't know. For me, it's a sexy curve style. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Cool. No, it, it's got a nice flow to it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't. I don't understand how why the square bodies are so much money, but <laughs> to each his own, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and so what? engine is going into this 50 you're going to do like a coyote or something really wild or what are you doing with it no ironically um i took the drivetrain well most of it um i took the motor and trans out of the the 67 f250 that we had and i put it in this one um purely because it ran great um and i drove it for a while with that motor in it before yeah. making it a diesel um so it just seemed natural just to make use of it um yeah. And is that is that a three hundred two or was it like an inline three hundred or what was in that? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's a uh, it's an FE motor. Um, I you know what I never even I haven't pulled it apart either, so I don't know if it's a three sixty three ninety whatever it is. Uh, it's along those lines. Um, mm. But the Ford FE motor, um, if you're familiar with that, I don't know. But the um, it runs good. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. And and do you ever sort of fall in love and go oh, i'm not selling this one i'm going to keep this one or is it just a you you know from the outset that next year's class needs another vehicle so it's got to go i always say that i'm going to keep it i never do <laughs> uh my next one i know i want to chase something down from the 30s uh, i have this itch to do a 30s car yeah um, like a juice coupe or something or what are you thinking i you know i i'd like to have some type of roadster type thing but i really don't i don't want to go in with any expectations because whatever comes my way that's what i'll end up with um yeah i got a, yeah. a mercedes diesel five-cylinder that i'm waiting to stick in one of those so yeah cool yeah yeah and, and i guess you know what what you're teaching the students is really is that you can take take this part and that part and and you can make it work even though they weren't designed to be together you know like that's a that's a good concept for them to learn because it's so much now is it's more of a Meccano build. Like you, you know, you, if you want to build a 1950 Chev pickup in the States, you can just get on summit racing or, you know, brothers trucks website and you can order every single part to put that truck together. You can get a, a GSI or a, you know, Porter built chassis. That's a hundred percent totally built airbag. And, you know, I think it's fantastic as an option, but for these young kids and their brains to learn about what can be done automotively, by just saying, all right, we've got this vehicle, we need something with a similar wheelbase and a more modern drivetrain. So look, here's this other one, and maybe we can put the two together, which you know, you're doing with the Ford Explorer. I mean, that's becoming a really popular swap over there. They've sort of become the S10 of the Ford world, haven't they? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, it, it, designing on a dime is kind of what I was going after too. Mm. Like you don't need a lot of money to do this stuff, you know? No. So. And and if you were looking for a steel body 32 Ford Coupe, that would be your whole budget for a rusty body, I'd reckon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a different story. Yeah. 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 No, that's awesome. And and so, you know, what's the long-term future for you? I mean, you, is this just a job that you love that you want to just keep doing? Or do you, do you have some plans in the future for yourself to do something differently? You know, what's Brad's plan? Uh, you know, honestly, I'm happy with where I'm at. Um, I, I'll never leave the shop. I'll tell you that much, whatever I end up doing. Um, you know, so many teachers go on to be administration and, you know, they're chasing paychecks, trying to get away from whatever. But uh, you take me out of that shop and uh, I'm, I'm afraid I'd die. So <laughs> I, I need to be out there working and getting dirty with the kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. 
I mean, you're, you're in a unique situation where you know you. I imagine that your your garage at home probably isn't full of all this shit because it doesn't need to be because you're you go to work to do it all. Is that the case? Do you have a nice, That's, neat, compact shed? No, you know what? I I just moved, um, so no, it's my garage is actually a piece of shit, but. Uh, <laughs> But it, it houses all the stuff to do home stuff with, you know, wood working things along those lines. Um, yeah. But yeah, most of my car stuff, it stays at school. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure if you've got a partner, she'd be quite happy about that. Yeah. No, she's she's thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Brad. Well, mate, look, thank you so much for um, coming on board and having a chat to us. Really, really enjoyed this. But, but more than that, just thank you for imparting this passion into a whole new generation of kids because i think that that is one of the biggest problems that we're going to have in the future is that you know there's only a small percentage of of the youth that are even interested in you know what we call an ice engine a you know internal combustion engine um and i think that you know you showing them how they can still wrench on an old cool truck um you know you're, you're sharing your passion and educating them and and, and from part of the truck community, I, I say to you, thank you for what you're doing. No, no. Thanks for having me on. I really, this is, this is really nice. I, uh, I had no idea that I would reach this far across the world. So <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it might be something that even your students enjoy listening to, to a degree because what, I don't know if you, did you listen to any of the episodes yet? I, I have. Yeah, actually yeah. I, I have. I, since I spent so much time in the car, you're on my uh, my Spotify rotation now. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's good. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's interesting because every person that I talk to that's building something, everyone's doing it a little bit different, you know, and everyone, you know, like you might, you might hear about this part that might work well in that model, so you'll try it or it might not work for you because you've got an LS and the steering won't, you can't use those headers and then so you've got to learn what headers can i use instead or how do i change my steering arm and it's just a million tips and you know like i sort of imagine like a matrix on a computer where you could start building the vehicle and it could tell you what parts will work you know if everyone took all their information and put them into a matrix i could almost put a build sheet together of that information but it doesn't work like that it's everyone's got it individually in their own little heads and and I suppose what I try to aim to do with the podcast is, you know, just it's it's something that's interesting to listen to. But for me, it's it's a place to store this information where, you know, if I was building, uh, you know, say a 1950 F1, I can get on and scroll through the website or our podcast list. And there'll be three or four guys that we've interviewed that have built uh, that era Ford. And then I can listen to that episode and I can get a handful of tips that I know these parts will fit and if I need to alter it, this is the guy that he used and I can contact him here in Australia and get that part altered. And, and for me, it's just helping everyone to achieve their goal, you know, which I think is the end goal really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A, st a jumping off point to, to figure out a solution to whatever problem you have. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully a bit of motivation too, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. All right, Brad. Well, mate, yeah, once again, thank you very much. I'll, um, we'll keep chatting. I'll get some photos off you so we can share. I think it'd be great for people to see the students, you know, in there doing all the hard work and yeah. busting their knuckles. And, uh, you know, I imagine there's a first aid kit sitting close by in the workshops. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Cheers for that. All right. Take care.
City Police Auction last spring. It's an old Mount Prospect police car. They were practically giving them away. Well, thank you, Al. The day I get out of prison, my own brother picks me up in a police car. shared in our episodes is general and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket. You'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.